When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code WELCOME to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code WELCOME at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code WELCOME. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Hey Reese, bitch, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys going to do tonight, man. Babes outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the first in-season edition of the Mavs Outsiders 2024 season. I'm one half of your host, Maurice Williams, aka Mind of Reese, MFR25 on Twitter. Joint as always. My co-host, Mr. Michael Bibbins, a.k.a. Bibbs, at Bibbs Corner on Twitter, BibbsCorner.com. Wherever you want to find your Bibbs Corner content, Bibbs, it's been a week. First week of the Mavs in the NBA season is in. How you feeling? feel pretty good. <clears throat> I feel like this team so far is doing pretty much exactly what I expected as far as Jason Kidd annoying me with his rotations and Luca being Luca. So, well, we wouldn't be the Mavs outsiders if we started off the the episode with some non basketball talk. So, how was your trip? Uh, it was all right, man. Savannah, first time there. Uh, they had, you saw the video if you are a patron. Uh, the hotel, nice views. I did not explore the city much, but I did get to try some food out. Food was good. Uh, not mad at it. I don't know if I would go back on my own, but it, it was a beautiful city. It's an old city. Uh, I might might go back just because I like doing ghost tours and it's a very historical place. But for me, it was more about getting past this event. I uh, I don't think I talked about it on the previous episode, but <clears throat> this thing had been looming over my head for a long time. Uh, when they first planned this event, I was not supposed to go there. I was not on the docket. I was not going to have to present. Next thing you know, all right, Mike, we need you to come through on Friday and handle one of these presentations. All right, Mike, we need you to come through on Friday and handle two of these presentations. Then last minute, last the week before, Mike, we actually need you to come through Thursday and Friday. We're going to add you to the Thursday docket. We need you to cover this one presentation, and then we need you to have 
uh, a couple one-on-one sessions with providers. And basically it's like two people. I had to sit down with these people for 30 minutes and go through their problems. Uh, Then they added a third one at the last minute while I was there as well on Thursday. So yeah, I had, I had a lot to do on, on this thing. And my main problem is I don't mind presenting, but I had to do three presentations and none of them were presentations that I made myself. So I'm doing other people's presentations and that is not a very comfortable thing to do, but it's okay. Got through it. Uh, the big head honcho people were there. They were, they were fine. They were happy with what they saw. Um, <clears throat> the lady, I went to Oklahoma city twice. The lady from Oklahoma actually was there again. The, she's the head of the state association. And she said she wants us to come back. She tried to act like she wants to come back in like a week or two. Me and my, uh, me and my partner were like, nah, can we get like some time to breathe for like a minute? And so she's going to try to find another date later in the year. But then uh, a lady from Florida was there <clears throat> and she said she wants to bring us to Miami sometime in the winter. So she was like, you know, we want to bring you at a time where it's colder up here. It's going to be warm down there. Get y'all out of that cold weather. I was like, I'm not going to complain about a trip to Miami or especially when it's the topic that's going to be something I actually know what I'm talking about. So Miami and Oklahoma City probably going to have to happen again in the next few months. But Ugh, I, I can breathe a little bit because this this back-to-back traveling stuff has been a lot. I know it's the job I signed up for, but I had only done one trip coming into this year uh, since I got this job two years ago. Uh, I did that same trip <clears throat> as my second overall time traveling with the job in July of this year. And now it's just been back-to-back trips the past couple months. So glad it's behind me. Glad I can breathe. I don't have anything scheduled scheduled right now but uh obviously i I told you i got some stuff that i'm probably gonna have coming up but with that said hopefully that allows me to get back on track with this podcast and stuff and uh keep not having everybody waiting for episodes to drop and stuff like that yeah uh you know things went a little bit slow but hopefully y'all understand that uh this motherfucker has a life life (laughs) and he's traveling like a motherfucker right now uh Hopefully you don't have any on the docket coming up in the next few weeks. Um, did you have you watched Loki? Um, I watched. I haven't watched episode four. Okay, I started it last night, but I was tired and did not finish it. So I got to finish that. I saw tweets about people saying, "Okay, this this is why we love the show." Blah 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 blah. So I'm expecting big things from episode four. You should. Um. It's very interesting because as I was listening to the Midnight Boys, they talk about how screeners got episodes one through four and it was getting negative reviews. And after episode four, I'm like, I don't get the negative. Like, I do understand episode three mostly. And and you could say episode two as well. It's like, all right, let's let's figure something, especially episode three. I'm like, all right, what are we doing here? Like, what what where is this going? Yeah, because you wasn't messing with Victor Tomlin like that. Nah. In episode four, I was like, okay, we 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 cooking with grease. We we going somewhere. And it's kind of, I felt like that with Loki last season because I wasn't a fan of the beginning. Okay. Um, but <clears throat> I think a, a lot of people have revisionist history mm. of Loki season one. Cause like the first few episodes was cool, but it wasn't nothing crazy. And then the end where we got Jonathan Mays and shit, that's why everybody was like, Oh, this is crazy. It's it's setting up the MCU. I'm like, all right, let's let's look at it as the series as a whole. Right. Uh, I'm enjoying 
season two more than season one. And I think what you that what you just pointed out has been pretty much the formula for how people react to these shows is they always judge them by the end. So shows had great beginnings and then a week end, it's a weak show. Show has a mid beginning and a strong end, fantastic show. It's like, all right, y'all, y'all really not judging the shows. Y'all just going by how you felt when it was done. And I don't know how fair that is really to, to assess. Like Falcon and the Winter Soldier was fire to me. It had a little bit of a weak ending, but overall, yeah. I enjoyed the ride. Overall, I liked it. Yeah. Um, same with Moon Knight. Liked Moon Knight. Um, I could have done. They could have done a better ending, <laughs> of course. Um, did you get to check in with Jim V at all? No, damn it. I'm I'm really struggling with the Gen V, but like I said, I think now that I'm done traveling, time should start to open up a little bit more. I'm about to say, you know, Invincible is back this week. <laughs> luckily, luckily, Gen V ends this week. Invincible starts this week. Yeah, I gotta get back on my stuff. I'm yeah, also, yeah, like, yeah, it's it's about to get rough. Um, but yeah, hope, like I said, hopefully the lack of traveling. Will Attack help. on Titan is coming back. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. It's this dude that, that I got hooked on Attack on Titan. He was like, I can't wait for this to drop so I can get your reaction to it. I was like, dang, that's coming out too. And I try to get my girl watching, but every time, like I said, every time she fucking watch something, she's just rewatching Game of Thrones. So I give up. You had to come up with some type of uh, exchange to get. She likes it. That's the thing. Like I put it, I put her onto it. I gave her my Crunchyroll information. She was like, "Oh, I like this. This is cool." Bop, bop, bop. She was texting me like, "Oh my god, what the fuck, Aaron did?" I was like, "Wait, wait, wait!" (laughs) Remember, I sent you the damn screen. Yeah, I remember. I was about to say, "Oh yeah, I remember this now." So she was into it. Right. But then she started watching other stuff, and she'd be watching some trash shit sometimes. I'm just, huh? She didn't finish it. She didn't finish it. No. Oh man. She ain't even finished season one. Oh man. She what, don't know who what? the female Titan is. <laughs> what's what's going on, man? This is what I'm saying. I <laughs> gave up. I gave up trying to force her to to watch it. She don't um, know who the female Titan is. I told you that dude I got on it. He he finished that thing quick. I was oh dang he didn't. He got all into like reading the Reddit's and stuff. I was like all right man you you know more than me at this point. You didn't watch all these seasons of these shows that's hour-long episodes when you could have been finishing Attack on Titan. Well, like 18 minutes, like you can breeze through them. Could have breezed through it. You could be caught up right now. We could I'm be waiting for them to say she stopped where, when she ran out of the ones that were dubbed or whatever, but that I could have understood, but she didn't even finish season one. That's crazy. No, she watching the sub. She not even watching the dub. She watching this. I try and give her it's no excuse. <laughs> I try and give her an excuse. It's no excuse. It's no excuse. It's, nah, that's, um, it's not dedication right there. It, man. Uh, I've heard that Five Nights at Freddy's is dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also heard, t- I saw the critics have killed it, but I saw the fans have liked it, but I don't know if they're just, because I think the same thing happened with Evil Dead is like, the fan fans of the franchise were messing with it, but like regular movie people were like, this is trash. And I think that may be the case here. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is, it sounds like it's something that's made for the fans of the game. Like I saw a clip, uh, Double Toasted posted. Wow. Double Toasted posted. Double, <laughs> Double Toasted 
put on Instagram and it was Martin talking about it. And I, I guess I don't know. Martin is a Martin plays games. I don't know if Martin has played this game. I haven't. Um, but he was talking about it. And in the beginning, it sounded like he was about to say uh, he was about to say, yeah, he went straight up. He, he said, just this movie is dog shit. <laughs> Martin don't be playing around. So Martin don't be bullshit. And he said something in the clip that turned me off to me even giving the movie a chance. <clears throat> he said in the movie, obviously the guy has to stay at this uh this place. Right. He's not stuck there. What you mean? He spends the night there. Leaves, spends a whole day, then goes back. He's not stuck there for five nights straight. In the movie? Yes. What's the point? What? <laughs> What's the point? What are we doing? What are you doing? <sighs> now maybe it's a thing where no, I said that night, makes the first night he's there, everything cool. It's some little strange things going on, but you like whatever. Second night, it's like all right, something, something going on here. Third night, it, I don't know. It just make more sense for him to be trapped there for five nights. Maybe they couldn't. Whoever the writer was wasn't creative enough to come up with a reason that he would be trapped. I don't know. I don't know if the video game is like that. Like I said, haven't played it. But I'm uninterested. Still haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon. Not sure when I'm going to get around to seeing it, if at all, in the theaters. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I'm not sure what's coming up on the schedule. Uh, I'm me. slowly catching up on uh, Kill or not Killers, Fall of the House of Usher. I've heard of that on Netflix. Um, so far, so good. The 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 director he's got no hits. I mean no misses for me. Uh, Haunting a Hill House is legendary, and that actually in that episode me and Tyler did it a thirty horror thriller properties since twenty ten. He actually took uh, Haunting a Hill House first in the draft. Uh, Mike Flanagan is the the creator, and again he's just he's he's a genius right now with the horror stuff. Like he's he's killing it. All cylinders. Yeah, Fall of the House of Usher. It looks like it's gonna be another hit. I've seen nothing but positive things about it. And I'm trying to like talk while I look to see what's coming out. Doesn't look like anything. So I think the thing that's there is something that I wanted the to Marvels see. comes out the 10th. But... Yeah. Rustin comes up. Excuse me. Rustin comes out, I believe, this in the coming week. It says November 17th here. <clears throat> Rustin is my boy Coleman Domingo. Uh, they talking about Oscar buzz for him. Uh, let's see. Where was I looking earlier when I was looking at upcoming releases? I haven't updated my sheet. I've been slacking like big time. Oh, I knew what I was looking for. <clears throat> Regal. So we mentioned Five Nights at Freddy's this week. Theaters. Let's go. Favorites. I'm gonna go my local. So this week, Taylor Swift's the Era Tour. Gotta check that. No, I was kidding. <laughs> I'm about to say I know you bullshit. The Marsh King's daughter. Well, I don't know what that is about mm. at all. 
uh, some movie called After Death is out there. Don't know what that's about. The Nightmare Before Christmas is getting a special release this week. Don't give a shit. I'm not a fan. Uh, let's see. I'm going to check the following week real quick. I feel like there's something that I'm not thinking of right now. The Marvels we already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not really a ton to to, to do or see. No. Nah, or see. As Dora the Explorer once said. Uh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that's all I got. Well, I guess we can... Uh... Well, actually, before we jump into the Mavs talk, let's uh let's take a quick break first, get a little breather before we talk about this team, and uh we'll be right back after this. Amplify your sports passion with Bet Online. Bet on your favorite teams and sporting events to make every moment even more exciting. The NFL season is basically underway, and there's a lot of money waiting for you to win. What better way to enjoy some Sunday night football than to have some stake in the game with Bet Online? Not comfortable placing bets before games? That's cool. You can take advantage of live in play betting for any game. Watching the New York Jets, second quarter, going into halftime, Aaron Rodgers only has 130 passing yards, and you're thinking maybe, just maybe. He can hit 350. If you like the lines on it, place the bet during the live game and cash out if he hits even before the game is over. The live betting feature allows you to bet on your favorites quickly and easily and in real time. Find live lines for all major sporting events, including NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, and soccer along with a wide variety of promotions, including welcome bonus, reload bonuses, free bets, and contests. Claim your welcome bonus and get started with a bang. Register today and grab your exclusive welcome bonus to start your sportsbook betting journey. Go to the link in the show notes to receive a 50% bonus on your first deposit up to $1,000. Dollars. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We got all the superlatives out of the way, the miscellaneous stuff. I don't even know if I used the fucking word superlatives right, but it sounded right at the time. Um, it's time to get into the map talk, man. The first week is out of the way. Uh, the first two games of the season are out of the way for us. We did do a recap on the Mavs and Spurs game. We did not do a recap on the Mavs and Nets. So, huh? That's on me. Yeah, that's cool. Don't matter. Uh, we're about to take care of it right now. We're gonna get that out of the way. So Friday night, <clears throat> the Mavs defeated the Brooklyn Nets at home, one twenty-five to one twenty. Starting lineup for the Dallas Mavericks were Luka Doncic at point guard, Kyrie Irving at shooting guard, Derek Jones Jr. at small forward, Grant Williams at power forward, and Derek Lively at center. Getting the start after one game and a hell of a game that was um, minutes distribution, since this is usually something that you do. Um, I was literally about to do it, so go ahead. (laughs) Luka Doncic played 36 minutes. Kyrie, I don't have the... The order? The the seconds. Okay, uh, two seconds for Luka. Okay, 
Kyrie Irving played 34. It's 33.56. Tim Hardaway played 30. In 13 seconds. Grant Williams played 29. Who? Grant Williams. Oh, yeah, 29.10. Josh Green played 28. Okay, 27.50. Maxi Cleaver played 26. 25.54. Sound like goddamn Mike Epps. Derek Lively played 17. Sixteen fifty one. Derek Jones played fourteen in nineteen seconds. The White Powell played thirteen. Twelve fifty one. Seth played nine. Eight fifty two. And Exum played four in two seconds. Um, another close one. Another one that. We we needed Luca to to pull it out at the end, and he did more than pull it out at the end. He pulled it out the whole game because he had his nuts hanging. He he was showing his old ass. Okay, okay. Luka Doncic with a stat line: <clears throat> forty nine points, ten rebounds, seven assists, sixteen of twenty five from the field, nine of fourteen from three point range, and listen to this the best stat of this whole st- I just say he had 49 points. He uh, shot 9 of 14 from 3, 16 of 25 from the field, and I haven't even told you the best stat line yet. <clears throat> Can you take a guess at what it is? I'm going to go with the the zero turnovers. The zero turnovers. Did not turn the ball over one single fucking time. I love to see it. Taking care of the basketball, playing efficient, playing smart. That has been what Luka Doncic has been doing these last two games, and I'm loving seeing it. We're going to get more into Luka as an individual later, but let's continue to look at this game. Uh, Just from this game, uh, how did you feel about Luka's performance? I feel like this is an obvious question, but so... I'm going to keep it 1 million. I watched the first half and then I followed the rest of the game uh, while I was driving, actually. I could tell because you stopped tweeting. Yeah, I stopped <laughs> tweeting. I got on the road and I like followed the rest of the game while I was driving. I actually um, pulled up the audio when I saw I like checked and it was 120-120. And so I pulled up the audio. And by the time the audio pulled up, Luca had just hit the like crazy fling three-pointer so it was 123 to 120 and they were like luca with the circus shot and i was like oh of course i missed like the big moment like i would have reacted to and then uh the next thing i i was like josh got the big rebound and got what hit the free throws to kind of ice the game so uh overall I, i think i'm not surprised i think i i wanted to tweet this before the game but i didn't really care to at the time Saw people saying, you know, Ben Simmons usually gives Luca trouble, blah, blah, blah. I was like, y'all must not remember last time when Luca rectified that. And I said, all right, that's the over with because he has a quick learning curve, which people should have figured out from the Clipper series. Um, that like you might get him once, you might get him twice, but he's going to remember that and he's gonna figure it out. So between Ben Simmons, McCall Bridges, we know that he can't do nothing with Luca. We we saw that play out in the playoffs. So uh just we knew he was going to come out with, with something to prove against Dorian Finney-Smith. 
uh, and Ben Simmons, who's allegedly a guy who has his number. Do we expect 49? Probably not. But uh, I don't think he's been complaining much either these first couple of games. It's a big, big, big deal. And pretty much doing what he has to do for this team. Did not get a ton of help offensively. But uh, again, this team has a lot to figure out, in my opinion, as far as how good they can be. In the meantime, we have a Luka. And so that game was just another proof that he he's going to backpack his way through a lot of situations. Luka is one of those players where as long as you have him, you could win any game. Yeah. And, and he kind of showed why in, in this game. But let's move on from Luka. Let's look at uh, some of the other stars. Uh, Grant Williams. Grant Williams is never going to be a big uh, guy as far as the box score goes. Um, he looked pretty decent to me. Obviously, didn't hit as many threes as he did in the first game. Didn't put up in as many points. Came down with six rebounds, but he was in a bit of foul trouble with five personal fouls. Uh, in the time that you watched, was there anything from Grant Williams that that you want that you saw that you wanted to speak on? Not really. Uh, oh no, I think he did actually have a. Uh, he had a good drive. Uh, again, putting the ball on the floor, which I think uh, Skin pointed out as well that he did that in the previous game, and it's yes. not something that you really expect of him. But the fact that he's able to do it from time to time is a plus. Like again, we're not asking a lot of him on the offensive end, but again, if he's able to do that from time to time, then that's a plus. Um, so good to see that, and I think that as the season goes along, he'll start to settle in to maybe try different things uh, more when the opportunities present themselves, but. As far as I'm concerned, he's doing his job. No complaint. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, especially with a guy his size. He can bully guys up in, uh, to the paint, uh, even just off the dribble, as long as you don't get caught for a fucking foul. Um, Derek Jones Jr. started again, only played 14 minutes, didn't play a lot. Um, I'm trying to figure out what's the point of this. Absolutely nothing at this <clears> point. Like, I, I could see if Derek Jones Jr. bought something to the starting lineup but you still didn't want to play him starter minutes that would justify him only playing 14. But what does he bring to the starting lineup that a guy like Josh Green can't? He's literally a warm body. He's, uh, yeah. I don't for him for no reason. He's, he's a kind he's adding nothing. And I'm not saying that to disrespect him. I'm just saying he's not adding a new dimension. They have him out there in a situation where he needs to be a floor spacer. And he's not that. So what is he doing? He's out there to be potentially athletic from time to time. Josh Green can do that, but he can also catch and shoot the ball, which you need somebody to do in that rotation. Is it fair to say that I'm disappointed in the Derrick Jones Jr. experience so far? Are you disappointed in him or are you disappointed in how he's being used? Disappointed in how he's being used. Okay. <clears throat> then, no, I don't think it's fair. Yeah. I mean, okay. I don't think it's unfair. Okay. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's like, He's not a he's not Shannon's little brother. Right. Like, this is not a thing where I'm like, what's his purpose on a team? What can he add to the team? Dirk Jones Jr. can clearly add things to the team, but I don't think why are we starting it? It, it just doesn't make sense to me. It would make more sense to start Tim over him. I'm gonna be honest. Like, if yeah, we started Tim over Dirk Jones Jr., it would make more sense. The other day <laughs> during this game, I was like, you know what? If they want to put Tim in there instead of Tim Derrick Jones Jr., I would accept that at this point. Like, at least I know Tim is actually going to play some minutes. Right. Tim is going to provide shooting straight out the gate. It, it's hit or miss, literally. But <laughs> at least I know he can hit. So I haven't seen Derrick Jones Jr. be capable of hitting anything. 
when not using his athletic ability on offense. The defense isn't good enough to where I'm like, it justifies him being on the court. And obviously that's showing because he's only playing like 14 minutes. So I start Tim or start Josh. Here's my thing. So you start Derek Jones Jr. because you want a, a longer defender, allegedly. Meantime, he also needs to be a floor spacer on offense. So you're willing to allow Derek Jones Jr. to develop as a three-point shooter in this rotation when you could just play dudes that actually can shoot the ball. And you have one that not only can shoot the ball, but is also a good defender. I'm I'm you're you're Jason Kidd, and we can get into this later probably, is a habitual overthinker. He is thinking way too hard and is really annoying. He it, thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He thinks he's a genius. <laughs> really, all he's doing is overcoaching. Play your best players. It's very simple. Best players. Josh Green, better basketball player than Derrick Jones Jr. Tim Hardaway Jr., better basketball player than Derrick Jones Jr. And they're playing more minutes. So what are we all we are all we're accomplishing is playing a guy who is playing the one, two, three, four, five, six, eighth most minutes in your starting lineup. For what? For what? You don't need those minutes. If you sp- distributed those minutes amongst Josh, uh, Tim, and Seth or Exum, we'd lose nothing. We'd lose nothing. We'd probably gain some things. We gain Josh being able to do more than just dunk. We gain yep. Tim being yep. an actual shooter. We gain Seth being an actual shooter and ball handler. We gain Exum being a ball handler and defender. Lose nothing. Let's move on to uh, Kyrie Irving. Uh, Obviously, Kyrie is having a slow start out the gate. Uh, 17 points for him, seven rebounds, six assists. Shot six of 17 and one of four from three. Um, I'm thankful that I haven't seen too many people worried about Kyrie saying maybe if oh, is Kyrie washed is like overreactions type of thing. Because if you're watching the game, Kyrie is playing well. He's getting looks. He's just not finishing. And I, I don't know if it's rust, if he needs to get into the groove of things. Um, are you worried about Kyrie at this moment? I'm not going to say worried. I'm a little bit surprised, I guess. At the slow start, he was an identical 6-for-17 with Tim Hardaway Jr., in this game, which kind of paints a picture of what the situation is. Uh, But he also had seven boards and six assists. So it's not like he's just out there bricking. He's uh, he's contributing in other ways. He has to run some point guard. So at the very least, if we're getting him as a facilitator, if he's a threat to score that other teams have to pay attention to, that's still positive. And I expect that he'll have games along along the way where he picks it up scoring-wise. And if we're winning games in the meantime, I'm not going to be too concerned. We start losing games and then Kyrie's missing shots in big moments, then I'll be concerned. Yeah, it's also why I'm not concerned about these two close games um, because we've played in two close games where Kyrie hasn't really played well. And I feel like once Kyrie comes into form, uh, games that look close like this, Maybe they're still close, but they're easier for us to close out. Or maybe they're not as close as these games are. Um, I'm not worried about Kyrie. It's two games. 
gonna give him some time. Maybe he needs to get into the group of things, not some rust off one or the other, but we know who Kyrie is. This isn't who Kyrie is. This isn't gonna last, obviously. It's just a matter of time when Kyrie becomes Kyrie and then this team is the team that we uh expected to be. Let's talk about Derek Lively. Got to start. Only played 17 minutes. Put up nine points, two rebounds, four for four from the field. Um, Played a bit in the third quarter. Was taken out and did not check in until like the last few seconds of the game. Um, Grant Afseth asked, I don't have the quote pulled up in front of me, but he did ask Jason Kidd um, about the decision to not have lively play. And he said um, the Nets went small ball and Lively is going to have chances to, you know, um, play against offensives like that. But they want to go with the white maxi uh, against the small ball lineup. Here's my issue with that. I get what he's trying to say. I get what he's trying to say, what he thinks he's saying. Because he's think he thinks he's making sense, but he's not. He's trying to say, oh, Lively hasn't really played against these small lineups. We're gonna go with these small guys and, and see how they fare. Here's why that's fucking stupid and that's bullshit. If he has it and he's starting, this is the perfect time to see how he does against it. That's one. Let's say he did that. Derek Lively was playing well. Against the small lineups. So why take him out? For a guy like Maxi Kleber. Who has regressed defensively. <clears throat> so yeah. then with Lively. Not only do you have a guy who can play against these small lineups. But defend the interior as well. And you have a finisher in the interior on the offensive side. Now shout out to the White Powell. Always steps up when his number is called. Came off the bench, 11 points, four for four, hit a three-pointer confidently. Shout out to him. You know, uh, he defended well on the perimeter. He did what he was supposed to do. That's cool. But Maxi played 26 minutes. Dwight only played 13 minutes and looked better than Maxi did in 26. Lively played 17. It's... it's <clears throat> I would say I don't expect something like this to happen again, but it's Jason Kidd, so anything is possible. But we won the game. It doesn't matter. I just think, once again, his decisions are fucking ridiculous. What are your thoughts on this? Again, overcoaching. Small ball took over. You allowed small ball to took over. You are the coach, Jason. You make the decisions. If they go small, and you say, bam, bet, we're going to spam this pick and roll because nobody on the court can stop it, then what? They're going to have to do not let your opponent dictate how you play the game. That's not how it's supposed to work at all. You let your opponent dictate how you play the game. That's why you keep ending up in these photo finishes because you're trying to play their way. You forced your way on them. If the lively Luca pick and roll is killing them, then do that. If they're if they start going on huge runs because of lively being in there, then you make an adjustment. But I don't think that's what was happening. So now you're you're making this adjustment for no reason for Maxi to put up zero points in 26 minutes because he can't give you anything. 
I don't I don't understand. I understand. I don't want to understand, but I do what Jason Kidd is doing. And it's really annoying. And it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating because again, the team is not, we're not getting the most out of this team based on the decisions that Jason Kidd is making. And it should not be this obvious to see an NBA coach struggle to understand his players and his team. So as we're already on the topic, uh, let's move into this. Next quick topic, um, Derek Lively. He's come out of the gate, game one, 16 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, he was on pace to score more or just around the same amount in this game before he was benched by our illustrious coach. Um, are you surprised with Lively so far? And do you think his impact on the team so far and how well he's been raises the ceiling for this team this year so i can't say i'm gonna i'm surprised because again listening to him in in interviews and things of that nature he seems to be a heady guy like dwight powell and i've long said and i was and it's one of those things that people get mad when you say it sometimes but i've long said you get a dude that understands the job of being a, a lucas pick and roll center it does not take much to be successful in that role. As long as you're willing to do the job and pay attention and execute the way you're supposed to execute, you're going to eat. You're going to eat. That's why I wanted a Rudy Gobert pairing because it does not take much to be successful as a center next to Luca. And Luca would be, Gobert would be average at 20 points a game next to Luca, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. That's neither here nor there. You still pushing that shit. I'm I'm just putting it out there that you get a elite. So Derek Lively is not as good as Rudy Gobert. But again, Luca makes a, that guy's job very easy. And he's a good defender on the other side. Like that part of it, natural instincts. He's communicating on defense. I think KT pointed out she loved being able to hear him communicate while he's on the court on defense. Like he gets it. He's smart. That part of it. Again, I'm not surprised. Now, what I will say is it just makes me that much. Two things, actually. One, if we see that this is the type of player that Luca thrives with, I still am slightly annoyed with the fact that we can't go get a second person that does this. I don't know why we sit here and fans don't understand that if you know that a thing works, you should probably get as many of those things as possible lined up in order so that if one goes down, you have the other one versus the person going down. And now you can't play the same way anymore. That's that's the way a team should be built. That's the way the Heat have done things historically and why they have the success that they have, because you get Luca and then you go find a player that plays like Luca that's at a lower, little bit lower level. Obviously, you're not going to have two actual Lucas, but you get another player that can facilitate like Luca, play like Luca in a light version. And you do that all the way down your roster. When you have a key player in a position, you give them, make sure you have a backup on the roster that does similar things. I need that to be, I need to see that happen before I can fully believe in the potential of this team. And then obviously with Jason Kidd being the coach, it's going to hold it back even more until, unless he, uh, he may, he had a quick learning curve with starting lively, but then he played him less. So I'm not even sure if that meant anything, to be honest. If he's just going to not play him uh, here, he's starting, but now we're going to play him back up minutes. 
I don't know. Jason Kidd is my coach. I can't get too excited about anything in the meantime. That's fair. I think um, a potential breakout of Lively or Lively continuing his play throughout the season uh, does raise the ceiling for the team just on a talent standpoint. I think it kind of means like, hey, we might be a piece away from actually doing something here since we have this guy in the interior. Uh, Probably a wing player, a wing player, power forward, maybe. It all depends. Uh, A a real six-man off the bench that we can count on. Um, speaking of six men off the bench, currently our six man on the bench is Tim Hardaway Jr. In the first two games, he's come out first half firing, you know, uh, first game he put up what? 17 points. Let me look. Let me pull that up. Yes. 17 points. Remember he was hot in the first half, and then in the second half, he was hot garbage. But uh, Friday, <clears throat> he put up off of the bench, again, 19 points, 6 for 17, 3 for 7. Um, kind of the same story. Uh, was hot for a bit, then he was not down the stretch. The decision-making on offense was bad. It's kind of the, the, the story of Tim when he's on fire is great when he's not it's really bad and you want him off the court um but i don't necessarily want to talk about tim's production i want to talk about tim kind of being in a way and we've touched on it before but now that we're two games into the season we can really see the minutes distribution and see how tim is in the way two games into the season we have not seen Jaden hardy yet we've seen dante exum but in game one against the Spurs, he played eight minutes. Game two, he only played four. Seth Curry played nine minutes against Brooklyn. And with San Antonio Spurs, I believe he played the same amount. He played, no, he played four minutes. We have so many guards between Tim, Kyrie, Luca. Luca and Kyrie are going to play 30 plus minutes a game every night. Right now, though, it looks like Tim's minutes are so high we can't really give him to any other guards. The first game he played 28 minutes, this game he played 30. I can't justify giving Tim Hardaway that many minutes. If you take away eight of those minutes, give him the Dante Axel, give him the Seth Curry, split them up between the two, whatever. But I can't justify playing 30, 28 Tim Hardaway minutes because the thing is, there's bound to be bad decision making in there that could kill the team. So, we still don't know the plan. We would like for them to move on from Tim. It's not guaranteed they will. But how are you feeling not only about Tim's play so far, but the amount of minutes he's taking from the other guards on the team? Yeah, my stance has not changed. I'm not moved by his hot stretches. I've watched him. What feels like 10 years yeah. at this point. And because it goes back to before he was a Dallas Maverick for me. And I'm tired of watching him play basketball. I do not care about him being out of position from guarding his man and taking charges on somebody else's man. I do not care, but he goes on a heater. I do not care that he's handsome. I do not Sam I am. I do not want him on a train. I do not want him on a plane for the Dallas Mavericks. 
by the time the trade deadline comes. I need him off the team. He is in the way. There's nothing that he is giving me that Jaden Hardy cannot do. It was cool to see him put the ball on the floor in the last game. Jaden Hardy been doing that. Yeah. And he's gotten better at it. He looked better at it in the preseason than he was the year before. He gained weight. And he's somebody that's going to be here long term. Tim Hardaway Jr. is not a guy I'm trying to see on a finals run and depend on. That's not something I'm trying to see. I know what and who he is. I do not need him on the roster. Him taking as many shots as Kyrie Irving is absurd. And yes, they shot the same percentage in this game. But but Tim Hardaway Jr., that's a normal night for him. That's a bad night for Kyrie. Well... Uh, I believe it was Landon Thomas. I mean, I believe it was Landon Thomas that asked Jason Kidd about the second Jaden Hardy DNP. His response, <clears throat> have you seen this? I think so, but go ahead. There's only so many we can play. I can't play off. <laughs> oh, it's only set the opening line, and Bibbs is already like, all right. <laughs> There's only so many we can play. I can't play off 15. But we, he will play at some point. This is the part that pissed me off. But he will play at some point. There's going to be times when Luka and Kyrie are out and other guys will have to step up. Hardy is one of those guys. So you're telling me, after what we saw from Jaden Hardy at the end of last year, all this talk about Jaden Hardy throughout the offseason, you're telling me his role is to step in when somebody's injured. You're basically telling me, unless someone else is physically unable to play, Jaden Hardy will not get minutes. Get Tim, Tim Hardaway Jr. is playing 30 minutes. Get him off the team. I should have gave Nico my card. <laughs> Dog, please get Tim off the team. He's not good. He's in the way. He's not better than Jaden Hardy enough for me to be able to accept this. He's not better than Seth enough, Dante Exum enough to be getting 30 minutes while these dudes are playing five minutes. Cut him down to 20. Can if I get him Tim down to 20? Scoring, if Tim's shots are not falling, the only thing he provides to this team are bad shots and bad decision making and terrible defense. Even Luka was out there putting in effort on defense. But Jaden Hardy can't see the floor unless somebody's hurt. We got to move on from Tim, man. We got to move on from Tim. To be honest, we should have been moved on from Tim. But it's more prevalent now because there's a logjam at the guard position and there is no justifiable gap between Tim Hardaway Jr. and Jaden Hardy, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Seth Curry, or Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dante Exum. Because at least if Dante Exum is scoring, he's providing playmaking and defending. Seth Curry is a better shooter than Tim Hardaway Jr., period. If his shots are falling, I'm not worried. I'm like, oh, uh, maybe he'll get it together. If not, take him out, just like I want Tim taken out. <clears throat> Jaden Hardy is young. He's going to develop. He could be a part of the future or he could be a part of a future deal if he has value, but he can't have value if he's not playing. I could tell Jason Kidd how to do it. 
don't play Tim Hardaway doing your 30 minutes. If you think that he's the veteran, he deserves more minutes, give him 20, give Jaden the other 10. That's all. I'm not asking for Jaden to play 30 minutes. I'm not. Do it strategically. Play Jaden at the beginning of the second quarter, the beginning of the third quarter. I mean, fourth quarter. Five minutes at the beginning of each quarter. If he's hot, keep him in. That's it. That's all I'm asking. I just don't understand. As a Saints and Mavs fan, I'm stuck with two incompetent coaches. Rough. <clears throat> I just, I don't know who I want to move on from more. Tim or Jason Kidd. Anyway. Feels like a good place to. I don't know. Yeah. I did miss something. <clears throat> so before we go to this last point, because we might spend a little time on it. Okay. Let's take a quick ad break. Here on the Mavs Outsiders podcast, you're not going to hear a whole lot of capping going on. But today, we're making an exception. That's because we're proud to be sponsored by New Era Cap, the official headwear provider of the NFL, MLB, and NBA. When the Mavs won the title in 2011, one of the first things I did was jump online to buy championship merch. I bought two things, a t-shirt with the path to the ring and the official New Era Cap the Larry O'Brien trophy beside the Mavs logo. I can describe it 12 years later because that hat is just as crispy as it was the day it arrived. You too can support the Mavs in style by purchasing your own New Era cap. And because we like you, we're going to give you a discount code. Shop the official headwear provider of the NBA and get 15% off when you go to neweracap.com slash Outsiders and use code Mavs Outsiders at checkout. That's 15% off your order using promo code Mavs Outsiders. You can thank us later. Some exclusions apply. All right, we're back for the break. I did want to take a quick break before we get into this. Get into the star of the team for a bit. Luka Doncic. What has impressed you the most in these two games from Luka? Obviously, we know what Luka does on the court. Scoring, playmaking, rebounding. What is something that you've wanted to see from him or that maybe you weren't even expecting to see from him going into the season that has surprised you so far? Uh, I think two things, not to steal both of them, but one, one, I think um, the lack of complaining has been good. Um, I did think I only saw one play. Within the the four or six quarters I watched straight up, where he stuck behind the play to complain, um, which is huge. I think that again, it's part of him setting the tone as a leader. It's part of him not being a liability on defense because he's not present, um, putting his other putting his teammates in a bag or compromising position. And then that extends, you know, straight into the fact that he is defending. He's moving his feet. Uh, he looks good. He looks mobile. He looks agile. He looks hostile on the defensive end. And that's 
bare minimum, you got to put in the effort. If you're not putting in the effort, then it's going to be funny. To, it's going to be hard to look at you as a leader, as a MVP type player. But if you're putting in the effort, then that changes everything. Because actually, I had the thought that if Luca is putting in effort on defense, then Derek Jones, that is even more reason why we don't need Derek Jones Jr. It does start if the excuse is length. Because now you can put Josh Green in there and let Josh be a point of attack mm-hmm. defender, let Kyrie hide on whoever, and let Luca guard somebody big because he's going to move his feet now. Yeah. I, I I don't I, I I'm I'm pleased with what I seen from Luca. I, I don't know that that Derrick Jones Jr. Is, it's part of why I don't know why Derrick Jones Jr. is doing what he's doing right now, and it's another point of. Jason Kidd not knowing his team or trusting certain players. To be quite honest, we could take six to eight minutes off of Tim and five minutes off Derek Jones Jr. and give him the Jaden Hardy or Dante X. Yeah. Honestly. I, I can't justify, I can't even justify Derek Jones Jr. playing 14 minutes. Eight, sure. Nope. But can't Derek justify Jones to play 14 minutes when Jaden Hardy can't get on the court for what? I don't understand. <clears throat> I don't understand. It's not like Dark Don Jr. is playing power forward. It's playing wing. I'm not going to get into that. Luca, uh, you mentioned him shuffling his feet on defense, moving on defense, playing pretty good defense. We're not expecting him to lock anybody up or be a point of attack defender. We just want to see effort in good defense. Um, not complaining to the refs. Love to see that. There was a point, I can't remember when in the last game, where he was about to and kind of caught himself, started running back on defense. That means he's aware and he's trying, and I love that. That's all we ever wanted. Um, Two things I wanted to point out, two other things. Um, Running, and they kind of go hand in hand. Running in transition, pushing the ball in transition, not just lollygagging up the court in transition. Love to see that because we have athletes on this team now. We have guys that can run. You have to match their pace. You have to match their effort, and it's the easiest way to score in transition. With that, not only is he running, he's not getting tired in the fourth quarter. He's playing efficient. He's getting to his shots. Obviously, we get the occasional Luka step back hand there. That's just his game. We're going to get that. But when the fourth quarter comes, he's not gassed. And that's even with him backpacking. Now, it is the beginning of the season. It could change. But I expect Kyrie to step up and carry some of the load. So I expect that to kind of stay the same. If this can continue where Luka is not gassed in the fourth quarter and has enough energy to play his game, it can change a lot. Yeah. I think part of that comes down to the one thing so or one of the things so far that I can give Jason Kidd credit for is managing Luca's minutes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> not running him into the ground. And I think it comes down to what we talked about before the season with having guys like Exxon and Seth around. You don't, you're not forced to play Luca and Kyrie a bajillion yeah. minutes. Um, and Kyrie's not being run into the ground either. Uh, I think if we can keep them both around 35 minutes or less, then we're doing a great job. It's just the way that the rest of those minutes that are being distributed that becomes my issue right now with, with Jason Kidd's rotations. Um, smart on keeping them down, not smart on who's getting most of those minutes. 
yeah, I'm, I, I'm hoping that Jason Kidd continues with the distribution of Luca's minutes. I'm hoping that um, Luca's stamina keeps up towards the end of these games. And like I said, it's only going to get better once Kyrie comes in and Kyrie can close some of these games out and they kind of take turns. But the fact that two games in, we can say four things about Luca that that has surprised us or that we've loved to see that we haven't seen from him already is showing that he's growing. He still has more growing to do. And he's putting in the effort. And all four of those things are going to help the team win even more. These are not things to just pass at. So I think that's very important. Um, do you have anything else to add on Luca? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I, it's early. We know he starts out hot often, or he started out hot last year. Um, before he got run into the ground. And I, I personally just want to see the consistency. I want to see it keep up on both fronts of the things we mentioned. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't come across any kind of injuries, knock on wood or anything like that. Um, I think Luke is going to be all right, uh, but it's only a matter of time. Like we said, it's only two games into the season. <clears throat> There's still more games to be played. There's still more to see. We'll see all of it. Uh, for right now, we're going to take this final break. Then we'll come back with the segments that everybody loves. It's back. The Unsung Hero of the Week and the Weekly Forecast is back. Then we're going to close this thing out. Three years ago, I picked up a mic for the first time and started my podcasting journey. Since then, I've tried a lot of different softwares and distribution services, but I finally landed on Zencaster and I couldn't be happier. It's so easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. I can log into my browser and start recording a high quality podcast right away. You get studio quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen. See what they did there? Knowing that Zencaster's multi-layer backups ensure that you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. Zencaster is an all-in-one service as well. And one thing you'll learn about podcasting is that you need a lot of different tools and services to put out a professional podcast. With Zencaster, those days are over. Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform allows you to create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com pricing and use our code MAVSOUTSIDERS and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all of my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. You can also hit the link in the show notes. All right, back to the show. All right, y'all, we back. The closing segments is back. Obviously, there's one segment added to it that we haven't had before because we now have the Patreon. So before I give you the Unsung Hero of the Week, we're going to give the Patreon shout-out of the week. And the patron who gets their shout-out this week is Robert Watson, who's a member of the Outsider Star tier, the $5 tier. He's been a member for four months. Thank you, Robert. You get to see this video since you are an Outsider Starter, if you made it this far. But we do appreciate your support. Hope you continue to support. Hope you enjoy the Patreon content. If you are not a Patreon, sign up today. 
Mavs Outsiders. Uh, I'm sorry, patreon.com slash Mavs Outsiders. We do not have a website yet. Relax. Um, you can sign up at the $3 tier. You can sign up at the $5 tier. Anything else? All support is welcome. Speaking of support, sometimes you need that extra support, you know, throughout the week. And sometimes th- th- there's certain guys out there who don't really get the recognition they deserve. It's been a long off season. But now it's back. So who was the inaugural unsung hero of the week for the 2024 season? And I will say I, I kind of gotten away from from what the unsung hero award should be. Okay. Sometimes. Cause it's meant to be like, yeah, everybody's talking about this guy, but this guy over here played a big part too. That's what unsung is. Right. That's what unsung is. So this week, the unsung hero of the week award goes to one of the newest members of the Dallas Mavericks roster, one Grant Williams. Okay. May not blow you away on the box score, sure. In the Spurs game, he put up 17 points. He was knocking down his threes. That's what we brought him here to do. You know, not an amazing perimeter defender, but he played very well on Victor Women Yama getting into his body, playing well in the interior. In the next game, being able to put the ball on the floor, grabbing six boards at a 6-6. Shit crazy. Not putting up a lot of points, but still playing decently well on the uh, on defense, closing the game out. He's in the closing lineup. He's been able to body up against guys like Ben Simmons. Grant Williams, is it's going to be a lot of weeks as long as he continues to play well where Grant Williams might get this award. Because he's going to do a lot of the things that helps the team win that doesn't show up on the box scores. Not saying he's going to be the only guy to do that. Not saying he's he's going to run away with it every week. But don't be surprised uh, a lot of weeks if you see Grant Williams' name attached to this award. So it's tally one. Grant Williams, the Mavs Outsiders, Unsung Hero Award, a week award. Now, for the moment you've all been waiting for, the return. Weatherman Bibbs, he's been gone for a while. He thought we laid him off. He was like, hey, it's just on a break. You know how it go. We'll bring you back into work. Now it's time. Weatherman Bibbs, what's the forecast looking like for the upcoming week? Thanks, Reese. We're back. And it is the first week of uh, recapping Mavs basketball. Mavs off to a 2-0 and start. Got to be excited to hear that. Uh, we're getting into the forecast, though. We got four games on the docket. A busy week for our Dallas Mavericks. First, we got the Memphis Grizzlies. We're going on the road. Desmond Bain trying to carry the rain and stop the rain of Luka Doncic. Good luck with that, Bozo. Uh, you're going to get clapped. <laughs> Luka loves playing the Memphis Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, wants to hold down the paint. I'm sure Luka's going to get him in foul trouble pretty quickly. Uh, I expect this to be an ugly game for Memphis. Uh, moving forward in the week, the Mavs are going to be playing the Chicago Bulls. Uh, they're playing like crap, bull crap. Uh, get it? Bull, bull crap, bull, bulls and crap. Anyway, uh, the Chicago Bulls have been trashed to start the year. Uh, Zach Levine, 51 points, no assists. Team holding a team meeting already? Goodness gracious. Uh, things are looking bleak in the Windy City. Uh, let's blow them over ourselves. Uh, moving forward in the week, our third game is going to be at the Denver Nuggets. Oh, no. This one might be some trouble. Uh, Nikola Jokic. 
one of the best players the game has ever seen. Uh, but Luca loves playing against his buddy. So, he, you know, he's going to show up. Who will join the party? Who's going to guard Nikola Jokic? That's that's what I'm trying to see. Is it going to be Derek Lively getting uh, taken to school by the big joker? Or are they going to put Grant Williams on him, see if they can frustrate him in the paint? I would love to see how that plays out. It's going to be the first real test of this Dallas Mavericks team, in my opinion. Uh, looking forward to that. And then finally, to close out the week, it's the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> They've been abusing. You know what? We'll, you know what? Forget that. Scratch that. Can we can we cut that out? I don't want to use the word abuse. With Char- Anyway, LaMelo Ball, uh, Mark Williams. Yeah, this is a team that uh, most say is the, the team that really eliminated the Mavs from the playoffs last year. Two back-to-back losses against the Charlotte Hornets late in the year when they were looking to make a final playoff push. Is there a little bit of bad blood here? Do the Mavericks want to get payback? We will see. Uh, that team's playing pretty well, actually, despite not having Miles Bridges in the roster. Reese, how are you feeling about this upcoming week? First of all, it's good to have you back. I had Weatherman Bibbs back. Um, I'm going to keep it 100, man. Three and one. What's the one? Denver Nuggets. I don't think we beat them boys. <laughs> I don't think we beating them boys. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say three and one, and I'm gonna think we're gonna lose to either the Bulls or the Hornets. It's possible. That's what that's my expectation. It's gonna be the, a team we I don't expect, and I genuinely don't like the Grizzlies right now. So I'm not. Going I can to I can tell one. <laughs> <laughs> that's not it's personal. <laughs> that's not gonna be my one. I, I mean, yeah, I'm hating. They in the division. I gotta hate. Certified hater. Love, love watching their downfall. Me watching somebody's downfall, knowing I pray for it. I don't know what the fuck the Grizzlies ever did to you. John embarrassed me. First of all, I got a whole John Morant jersey, and then he pulling the blicky on teenagers. It's not. It's not. It's not cool. You got a Ray Lewis jersey. I got a Ray Lewis. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> oh, I got the Ray Rice beanie. Like, no, I'm just kidding. Let me, let me stop. Boy, Ray Lewis, a fucking accomplice out here and shit, man. Ray, Ray Lewis was just, he just fled the scene. He ain't did nothing. Hey, man. What, get- happened to the, what happened to the suit, Ray? What, what happened to the suit? That's all I wanted to know. Anyway. Um, I could see the Bulls having another players only meeting on Tuesday, coming out Wednesday, and I'll ask. It's possible. They're going to have one at halftime. Hey, man, that boy Luca, somebody got to do something. Punch him in the face. I don't care. I'll tell you one thing. We're losing to them fucking Hornets. It's time to get that shit back in blood. We got to get it like the Red Cross. I ain't playing. Which which loss would be more disappointing to you? The Bulls. Okay. Because a team that's having a players only meeting two games into the season, and we lose to them, that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Then again, I don't know, because the Grizzlies would be more embarrassing. Okay. The Grizzlies would be the most embarrassing loss. I think the Grizzlies would be the most embarrassing to me because it would mean, like, who's scoring? It means somebody that shouldn't be scoring went off. Or Desmond Bean went off and both of Rose fuck around and turn the clock back on our asses. I'm gonna need never mind. I ain't gonna say 
I almost put a bounty on Derrick Rose. That's crazy. Hey, <laughs> yo, you need to relax. Actually, you know what? With that being said, you know, this has been a great episode <laughs> of the beginning of the season. I don't want nothing else to be said on here, so it's time for us to get the fuck about it. Um, I'm, I'm my prediction is standing at three and one. Is your prediction standing at three and one? Beat the Grizzlies, beat the Bulls, or lose to them on some bull. I'm very tempted to go four and zero. I'm gonna stick with three and one. Stick with three and one. I gotta expect a, a random loss. Um, we can beat anybody. Like I said, um, maybe that Denver game is the game Kyrie shows up, but uh, we can also lose to anybody. I say Kyrie shows up before then. Got a got a game circle. Bulls. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be bad for the Bulls to get clapped like that by the Mavericks with Luka and Kyrie going off together. But I'm I'm not gonna be mad at it personally. If he shows up against the Grizzlies, that'll be even better, you know. Uh, but I'm expecting a Kyrie game this week at some point. So, now I'm excited. All right, uh, that does it for the first episode of the first week of the season, man. It's about to be another season. This is season four or three, five, four, right? Season four for us, man. Doing this for a while now. Um, it's gonna be a fun ride this season. Yeah, oh yeah, and we're gonna have some guests on. Um, still, yeah, <clears throat> we're yeah. doing it in the off season. We're gonna have some people come on during the season this year. Yeah, we're gonna have some guests on throughout the season, not even just to meet the podcasters thing, but we're gonna be collaborating with some people. So be on the lookout for that. It's gonna be a fun season. Uh, it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be a lot to talk about, whether it's good or bad. Jason Kidd is our coach, so you know. There's going to be some rants eventually. But for right now, everything is A-OK. The Mavs are 2-0. Me and Bibbs are happy. Hopefully the Mavs keep this up. With that being said, signing off for Reese. Signing off for Bibbs. We'll see y'all on Monday. No. Time is the game, Monday. Eight? We'll see y'all on Monday. Yeah, so it'll be over by 10.30 tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see y'all on Monday for the game recap. Yes, eight. <clears throat> peace. Peace. Rest in peace, Matthew Perry. R.I.P.